Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. It's been a while. Jamal and I have been beyond busy. Uh, we've taken a small break. And then Jamal, uh, thank you to Jamal and Zach Shuttler for having an episode last week. Jamal, welcome back. Man, I am so excited to be back with Don. Yeah, well, so we, we even like, I know in December, we we're like, hey, we're going to try to make it back to being more frequent. But the reality is... <laughs> We're, 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 we're busy. Uh, we're at both ends, uh, worked, uh, full disclosure. Uh, I had the chance to break away during December break, uh, and heading mm-hmm. into the year and he got to go down to Tampa and uh, hang out with Jamal and his family. So, yeah, man, he came down to this, to this extremely cold freezing weather. It's that terrible. We down here. It's terrible. I think that day was 78 and sunny. It's terrible. Oh my God. Yeah, it was terrible. I think uh, I had my shorts on, make sure my, my, my thighs were covered. It was so cold outside. Right. <laughs> I had my thighs covered just because people thought it was a dead fish. It had gone belly up. Um, so uh, I, I told you on the pre-calls, I wanted to say something to you uh-huh. uh, without, you know, having a, a talk about it. Um, uh-huh. So, unbeknownst to me uh i was taking a look at uh i was like okay did we have any listeners even though we we've been gone for a while um you know i just want to see what the the listenership was like without any new episodes turns out and i'm proud of this um we we, a lot of people want through our back catalog which man that makes my heart sing um you know what i never really uh discovered I'd always, I always look at the numbers either in a seven or 30 day way. So I always see, you know, what was it like the last week and what was it like in the last 30 days? And all of a sudden it occurred to me, I could go up to stats and go to, um, and, and like go to all time. So the last, you know, you know, couple of years. Um, and you know what I found? What did you find? We have crossed the 1 million download threshold. Wow! There it is. Yeah, I oh. I wish I would have like looked at it earlier. I can't really pinpoint the date, but we're well over a million. And and I mean, like we could have really had like a really hokey one million download spectacular. I don't know. Maybe we could have <laughs> had a contest. Maybe we could have had, we could have had a whole lot of something, but we did not. But anyway, happy one million downloads, my friend. Oh yeah, man! Thank you to everyone who listens to us ramble on about our thoughts and have our crucial conversations. It is it is much appreciated um, that you all value the content that we put out. So that's a pleasant surprise. Yes, it was. Oh, wow, I yeah, know. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know why it hasn't. I don't know why I haven't done that earlier. Of like, yeah. Anyway, well, there it is. Whoops. There it is. There it is. There it is. All right now. What are we talking about today, though? What are we talking about today? Well, you know, Jamal, you and I still get each other up most mornings, and and we talk about this and we talk about that. And you asked a really fundamental question to me that got me thinking. And I was like, wait, instead of us just talking to ourselves in the morning, this one needs to be a think out loud episode. So what was that question you asked? What do students really need right now? What do students need right now? And it's from this, it's from this premise, you know, school boards, teacher unions, 
administrative unions, we we have been, or I'm gonna say from my perspective and my viewpoint, we have been so focused on the adults and what it is that we need. We've made statements as adults, and I've and, and I've had my moments of of, of weakness. So I'm, this this includes me too. I'm right there with you. I've been. We made statements like I'm in survival mode. I don't want to do any more. I don't want to do any less. Whatever the bare minimum is, that's what I want to do. And um, as as an adult, I think that we we've gotten to a place in which we are not doing everything that we can for our kids, and it's become really easy to to just pass the blame onto them and say, well, it's because they're not learning. It's because they don't have, they're not coming to school. They're not learning because of this. And it's not even so much about learning is, is the focus of that question is what do they need from us right now? We know what happens. We know what happens when we just babysit them all day. We, we have the biggest learning loss that we've had in probably over a century. And I just made that stat up. But if you go fact check that, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, it well, hasn't been this pause, pause this there. 100 years. Yeah. Pause there. So, um, first of all, let's, let's set the table here. Um, Jamal and I do what some people call hot takes, right? So he's like, I haven't done the research. Um, this is a conversation. Please let us know if you have some feedback, but we have conversations. We're going to be vulnerable. We're going to say some things. And sometimes we'll say things like, you know what, upon further review, or thank you for pointing that out, which by the way, we love the DMs. Seriously. Mm -hmm. They're always, most of the time they're respectful. Um, but the, uh, the one thing I want to start with, I've seen a lot of people push back going, there's no such thing as learning loss. That, you know, this is all, this is a propaganda tool and they're not as far advanced as what they've been, but there is no learning loss. You want to address that first? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for my, I'm not going to give another hot take for, for my people who don't believe that there's a learning loss, you, you, you may be right in the sense that kids can't lose what they haven't learned. And I guess alluding to the statement that I was about to make, we know what happens when we open the doors or we just, you know, put them in front of a computer and say, hey, here, learn. They don't, they don't, they don't teach themselves. So if they're not learning the content, then they can't demonstrate mastery on something. So there is a gap there. They just haven't learned something. So However you calculate a learning loss, our kids haven't learned essential content. I mean, we're we're a year behind in what it is that they need to know. And guess what? All of those kids, a majority of them, moved on to the next grade level. There are kids sitting in college who didn't complete all of their graduation requirements. But somehow or another, they made the college without the SAT, the ACT, not to say that not to say that those tests um, you know, are the greatest, you know, measure of success, but they, but they do give us some kind of, uh, reference point to start to support our kids that we, we, we are able to determine where people are ready to learn. 
So we have we have this group of kids and, you know, this this these two years of COVID, because there are some school districts that are still virtual. Because of the new variant. So there's a there's a I mean, you can call it a learning loss or just kids are just not learning. Yes. And let me let me take that two steps further. Um, the amount, well, first of all, like uh, a heavy emphasis on the fact that no one at the beginning knew what was going on. We were learning about this in real time, but um, as things progressed, everything had to be political, even when it didn't have to be. Right. Um, 14 days to stop the spread. Okay. It went longer than 14 days. Follow the science, follow the science. And, 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 and we followed the science. Um, when the science started coming out with, yeah, these lockdowns aren't working. Matter of fact, they're counterproductive. There was a lot of schools, a lot of schools that decided like, no, we're not, we're not going to listen to that. Wait a second. Mm -hmm. I thought we were going to follow the science. Yeah, well, um, you can wear masks, cloth masks, paper masks, it doesn't matter. Science comes out and says cloth masks are beyond not effective. Well, mm -hmm. follow the science. Well, we don't like that. I, I think that we're going to take a look back on this and realize um, that we politicized a pandemic, which again, mm -hmm. Hey man, we were figuring it out in real time. Mm -hmm. Mistakes are going to be made. Of course they are. But when cooler heads started to like look into the things and we started to find out the science of, of our, like our policies that weren't working and, and those that stayed in lockdown mode under the banner of protecting children, even though the science and the data was coming out of the unbelievably crippling depression, anxiety, suicides, mm -hmm. And we're saying, oh, mm -hmm. this, the, like, I, I think that was one of the things that, so when your question is, what do we need? What is necessary right now to be social, to have human interaction again, to right. not necessarily just always be on lockdown. I understand in some cases for Zoom, but having interaction with people, I'm going to start with that answer. Right. So so that's the that's one of the things that students need is connection. Um, you know, I, I was talking to some people and I gave this example. When when my when my son was born, he had a fever and the uh, the doctor, you know, didn't necessarily give him any Tylenol or anything to to help reduce the fever. What the doctor did was he said, hey. Um, mom, I need you to give your baby skin to skin contact because your body temperature will regulate your child's body temperature. If you just give them that connection, if they can feel you, the body will begin to regulate itself. Well, this is this is something that I, I just a term that I'm that I'm just throwing around now. I, I feel like students, people in general in this pandemic. We need other humans to help us regulate our emotions because, you know, you talk about professional learning communities and just, you know, your, your support groups. When I talk to my friends about my problems and they have the same problems, I was talking to uh, an administrator friend of mine. We were just talking about some of the HR snafus and he says, you know what? I'm so happy that it happens to you too. 
not that I'm happy that it happens to you, but I'm happy that I know that I'm not the only one. What does that do? It normalizes that process for us. Well, I'm an adult and I, and I know how to regulate myself and my emotions. So think about our kids who haven't had 30 plus years of experience of regulating their emotions and knowing how to reach out. They learn those things at school with adults that lead them through their lessons. And, you know, we have conversations in our lessons, then they go to lunch and then they have the conversations at lunch and then they start to use academic language and then they date and then they, and then they learn all of these things from, from dating and all of the things that, that are involved socially. They, they learn how to be heartbroken. They learn how to come, come to school, come to work through all those things. And then we had this pandemic, just take all of that away. I had no senior prom. I had, you know, homecoming that year. I didn't get to play my senior season of football. All of the moments that we 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 write books about, we write movies about, they didn't have. And then they didn't have anyone to regulate that emotion. Yeah. I'm even looking at it through the lens of my own, my oldest. Uh, luckily, she graduated in 19. But then her freshman year of college was you know, she had one semester of normalcy and then everything else was locked down. And she was like, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm, you know, I love my daughter, but she's like, this isn't necessarily what I signed up for. So mm-hmm. she just wanted to head and, and she didn't think that there was a, an end in sight. So she decided to take a bunch of summer classes and try to hurry up and finish in three years, which I mean, mm-hmm. because it was like, this isn't any fun. The things that you romanticize about college and finding yourself and friend groups and living in the dorm and blah, blah, blah. It's like, that was taken. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, yeah, anyway, so that, that's, so that's number one, right? Social. Right. Number two, Go ahead. Well, number two, the thing that I think, you know, if you said what's needed now, see the giant opportunity that's in front of you. So I'm going to, I, man, if I had a nickel for every time I've quoted Seth Godin on this one, I probably have mm-hmm. at least $20, but uh, you know, the, his famous quote from, uh, 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 oh, the book is eluding me, linchpin, uh, mm-hmm. education can be boiled down to two things, solving interesting problems and the leadership to get it done. If there ain't a ton of interesting problems right now, uh, boy, there's a lot mm-hmm. of interesting problems. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that, uh, there is a lot of opportunity for mm-hmm. our schools to open up some problems and saying, what do you guys think? What, how should we mm-hmm. tackle it? Uh, seeing problems as opportunities. That's, that's number two on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think you mentioned something in, in that the leadership to get it done. Um, our students need leadership in and out of the classroom because they don't know how to lead themselves. Some of them do because they come from, you know, good houses and that's a whole nother conversation. They have some form of leadership in their lives. But, you know, you can't lead anyone unless you manage and lead yourself well. And it, and it, and it just goes back to that, to, to that opening statement. You, you can't lead when you're closed off to growth. You can't leave. You can't lead if you're not well, which, which kind of goes to the point where, you know, we got to have something for the adults. Um, I, think, I think in education, there there's a point in leadership where it becomes, I don't want to say self-sabotaging, but it, it becomes a point to where it becomes selfless. 
and you have to focus on yourself less and focus on building others. And then, and then the, the, I guess the refilling comes in doing well for others and that intrinsic, that intrinsic motivation and reward to say that, Hey, I'm pouring into someone and I'm helping them overcome the same things that has, that, that has me down or that, that has held me back in my life at some point. And it's that, it's that leadership to, to, to help those kids come out and be successful where they are during this time. Yeah. I, yes. And it, it's funny. Oh, that's just not funny. You know, when, when you think, well, I should ask you a question. When you think of leadership training in schools, what do you think of? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I don't think of anything. I like, I think there's, I think when it comes to leadership training in schools, um, it it's really only for principals, yeah, and administrators. And then even then, it's so it's so not it's not robust um, from a from a general standpoint. And then you start to look at um, teacher leadership. There's not a lot of training because a lot of leadership. Well, I was even like thinking like through the lens of t- of students. It's, it's not there. It's not yeah. there. You, it's not there at all. So then you start to think about, you know, what, what really drives leadership. The hardest part of leadership is managing your emotions while trying to push forward with the mission because you're yeah. going to get pushed back. Nobody's going to like it because you're challenging the status. If you're really leading, you're challenging the status quo. You're, you're pushing boundaries. You're, 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 you know, you're innovating. And when you do those things, um, you're gonna you're gonna have to manage your emotions. You're gonna have people on your team that are not managing managing and regulating their emotions. They're gonna be upset. They're gonna be happy. And because we're human, all of that impacts us. So there's not a lot of from elite training for leadership and students, leadership and teachers. We have some for administrators, but it's through the lens of an administrator, not through the lens of a student yeah, and not necessarily the lens of a teacher. We have some pseudo teacher leadership programs, but it's nothing, it's nothing to the, to the sense of you're a leader, solve your problems, help your students solve their problems. Students, your leaders, solve your problems, help your peers solve their problems. That's not, yeah, that's not the norm. So I, yeah, I, I think of when when I think of leadership training, if I agree, there's woefully short. Um, but the ones the places I've seen that do have it, I, I hate to say this. Um, it's almost been exclusively for athletes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like crisis management um, or even, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why we like innovate within so much is that uh, the curriculum we put out, which is free. Um, a decent amount of it is on building a team and how to and how to understand your weaknesses so you can build strengths around your team and how to handle crises and how to handle communication. Um, so I, but I agree. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily see that a whole lot in schools. So right, and I think um, I think go ahead. No, go ahead. I think students also need um, people invested into their. I'll say problems, but in, invest in figuring out their their individual needs. 
to the, the individual. We have we have we have our group needs, but like what what do the individual what are the individual needs of my students in my in my class or in my school? And then facilitating that with them while connecting with them, while leading uh, them, just really looking into and checking in on them. Yeah. All right, let's round out this top three. Let's, uh, we're, 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 we've gone with, you know, the first two aren't necessarily getting back to the basics. So again, what do kids need right now? Human interaction at number one. Number two, solving interesting problems and leadership. So let's, mm -hmm. uh, let's round out that top three. What do you think? Just off the top of your head, hot take. What do you think students need right now, Jamal? And they 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 need our empathy. They need our love and our dedication. They need they need the whole. They need our whole beings to to really be. I don't. It's it's hard to summarize that in one thing. But they need all of who we are, and that's going to require the adults in this nation to shake 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 it off. We we we've had it hard. It's time for us to shake it off. Stand up and start to do the things that we did prior to this pandemic. Do what we know that we need to do and know that we can do it well because we've been doing it. And we can't let the pandemic or COVID or our circumstances prevent us from being our whole selves. Interesting you said empathy first and then you followed it up by uh, suck it up and let's get back to work. By the way, I agree. So I'm not pointing that out to say yeah. you're contradicting yourself, but mm -hmm. I guarantee you there's some people like, wait a second, empathy is, you know, and by the way, let, let me again clarify. Um, I agree a thousand percent, which I think uh, if there's one thing that I really appreciated about my, I used to have a corporate coach, right? And he more or less said uh, to me, he's like, Don, uh, building um, a relationship and basically leadership, you, you, you don't build that capacity by telling people what they want to hear, but, by, but rather you build trust in telling people uh, what they need to hear and that it's coming from a place of, um, you know, empathy in a lot of ways, you know, like, hey, hey yeah. we need to get over this enough feeling sorry for yourself. And I think mm -hmm. that I'm agreeing with you a thousand percent. Um, I almost think, though, that sometimes I get scared by that word empathy now because I think that we have spent so much time uh, going unprecedented times. How could we possibly unprecedented mm -hmm. times? How could we ever unprecedented times? And by the way, everything is true. Mm -hmm. But how could we talk to somebody that like, well, in a lot of professions, could you imagine like I, I always like it when people compare life to sports and I know it's sometimes a little bit of an apple and oranges, but I couldn't imagine right now uh, you know, talking to the two teams that are about ready to go to the Super Bowl and say, I, how can you in these unprecedented times? You, you, we dealt with it. Mm -hmm. Talk to somebody that works. Talk to the essential workers, which we right. don't even want to go into that whole thing of they weren't paid as fairly, even though they were essential. But like you, you, mm -hmm. you had to deal with it. Now, you can say right. some empathetic things. I'm like, man, these are tough times and this sucks. Mm -hmm. Thank you for stepping up. But I, I think really what I'm getting at is that's the difference, I guess, between constructive, empathetic criticism and mm -hmm. woe is meism. Right. And empathy is simply an understanding. I think I think we've we've <laughs> taken empathy and we've uh, I guess crossbreeded it with sympathy. And we pity. want pity. Yeah, pity. We, we that's 
that some of all you poor thing. Just uh, you, you fell down, stay down. Don't worry about getting back up. This thing has you, has you right there. I'm gonna use my empathy for myself and my peers to understand the state that we're in. Cause like we're all walking in these same in these same shoes. Like I'm in a school building every day. I've been exposed to COVID every day. I've I've processed COVID forms and I still you still gotta do my 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 all of my administrative things. I gotta build master schedules. I gotta evaluate teachers. I gotta provide them support. I gotta, you know, be with them when they cry, be with them when they're happy. I understand. We all understand um, what it is for us as adults, but our now our kids need our understanding to help solve their issues is what I was saying. So yeah, it sounds yeah. like a starburst, a juicy dry candy, but yeah, we need to use what we know given all of these circumstances. If we know all of these things, what are we doing within ourselves to move the needle forward for our students? Right. Understanding and empathy, but not necessarily, not even not necessarily, but not lowering expectations. Yeah, we got to we got to move forward and our kids are going to leave us. They never get these years back and then they're going to be underdeveloped. I remember leaving high school and I remember walking across stage and I said, this was a joke because I knew where I was going. I was not prepared for it and I had to figure out how to get prepared. And I felt like that on a non-pandemic year. So imagine how these kids are feeling now when we're saying like, oh, you don't have to worry about your graduation requirements. You don't have to worry about this. Like we, we, we've given them sympathy. Now it's time to transform that to empathy and we need to push them because you got to think about it. These kids who are sitting in your class, how many of them would you want uh, to be your brain surgeon or your, or your grandchildren's brain surgeon or their doctor or even their mechanic or their plumber? whatever the case is like like this is the generation like we are we are creating the next generation through schools like you know that's one of the fundamental purposes of schools every every everyone is impacted by a teacher no matter where you go no matter good bad or indifferent you know students uh go home and talk about their teachers very seldom do they come to school and talk about their parents agreed I'm going to wrap it up by uh, a, a quote I've seen circulated quite a bit in the last year. Um, man, uh, I, oh, hold on. I'm Googling it right now. Author G. Michael Humph. Okay. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due, although I've heard this quote. As I've never seen it attributed. So it's G. Michael Humph. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Mm. And the cycle continues. I think right now, obviously, we're in hard times. And by the way, I'm quoting this. Of course, it's going to be men or women. Mm -hmm. um, but the, when, when, when things are tough, think about when this country is at its greatest. We're facing mm -hmm. obstacles. The people mm -hmm. that say, I mean, like, and, and, and uh, dating back from, uh, heck, I, I used to hear stories from my grandparents. And yes, I'm old enough <laughs> to have grandparents. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my late 40s. Uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, I heard, I heard stories of the Depression. I've heard World War II. Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of things. When it got tough, um, we were at our best. So I, I by no means am saying, oh, man, this COVID thing has been great. It is not. It has been terrible. 
But to quote another man, man, I think it's Robert Frost. The only way out is through. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that we have a a unique opportunity to get our students through and uh, to see that leadership and get, get through this. Well, there it is. There it is. Happy 1 million. I should probably look up happy 1 million plus downloads, Jamal. And, Good episode. We'll uh, be back here in a couple of days with another episode. Hey, uh, seriously, we love that. If you want to make your tweets public, you always can. Uh, Jamal is at Jamal Crook. I'm at Don Wetrick. Uh, if you have a suggestion on a uh, guest, let us know. But if you do have some interesting feedback and you don't want to make it public, go ahead and DM it. If you think that it needs to be public, uh, then great. Go ahead and, uh, and, and tweet us. We always appreciate it. So for Jamal Crook, this is Don Wetrick reminding you, these opportunities are everywhere. We'll see you.